grounded in slavery. What failed to be taken up in the aftermath of the abolition of slavery had come to a head by the middle of the 20th century. In August of the following year, August of 1956, women rose up to protest the manifold oppressions of apartheid, including the extension of the past law to women. We mark this moment by remembering the proclamation of Lillian Ngoye, Albertina Sisulu, Helen Rose Joseph, and thousands of others uh, who said uh, during that demonstration, now that you have touched the women, you have struck a rock, you have dislodged a boulder, and you will be crushed. We are gathered here in Paris to reflect on and strategize about a 21st century radical decolonial challenge to global racism intertwined as it is with capitalism, racial capitalism indeed, and with misogyny that emanates both from the institutions of capitalism, and also from the hearts and actions of our comrades. We ourselves often unwittingly perpetuate that which we see ourselves to be dismantling. It is appropriate, I think, that this conference is taking place in Paris, in France, um, after the election of, um, what's his name? <laughs> In the aftermath of the election of Macron, it is especially important to remember that France has simultaneously offered us the most beautiful slogans of democracy and some of the most enduring and most tenacious forms of racism under the guise of democratic strategies, including the biases of notions of secularity that are clandestinely anchored in a Judeo-Christian epistemology that produces forms of, of, of Islamophobia that are articulated with sexism and misogyny. Approach the third decade of the 21st century. The world is discovering that anti Muslim racism intersects with and reinvigorates anti black, anti Asian, anti Latino, and anti indigenous racisms. It helps to unleash new expressions of anti Semitism, as can be seen in the U.S. through the Charlottesville attacks and recent displays of white supremacist violence. Racist violence inflected with misogyny is especially fatal. Marielle Franco's life was claimed by forces in Brazil that want to further arrest 
the movement toward racial, gender, class, and sexual equality. Those same forces assume that the arrest and imprisonment of Lula can arrest the movement of history. International so that we can join hands around the planet and that our defense of racial, gender, sexual, and economic justice can powerfully echo around the world. More than a half century ago, very few women were present at Bandu. We now know that to fail to address the modes of subjugation that have kept half the planet's human population in chains can only exacerbate and extend racism, militarism, and capitalist exploitation. There can be no racial justice. There can be no peace. There can be no economic justice unless we forthrightly insist on gender justice. Historical accident that precisely at a time when the defeat of racism in the US was assumed to be a byproduct of the election of a black president, movements against racist violence, the movement for black lives, the immigrant rights movement, the defense of the earth and its environment led first and foremost by indigenous people were reinvigorated precisely in time to dispute the assumption made by the present president of the US. <laughs> What's his name? Hmm? <laughs> that the historical clock needs to be turned inward and backward. Struggles against institutionalized police violence in the US are related to similar struggles in Europe, Australia, and indeed also in Latin America, Africa, Asia, and the Middle East. We in the United States have indeed learned how to value the solidarity of Palestinian activists, who, as they, as they tenaciously continue their struggle against the Israeli occupation, help to spark international solidarity for protesters in Ferguson, Missouri, some four years ago, which in turn invigorated the Black Lives Matter movement. It is today difficult to imagine the rise of the Black Lives Matter movement without the assistance of the Palestinians. We're committed to purging our societies of racial violence, have to guarantee that the call for justice for Palestine echoes throughout our struggles and that the BDS movement achieves the stature of the anti-apartheid in the 1980s. Our connection with Palestine has taught us 
that as we call for the abolition of prisons, we must also seek to abolish the shaping of our quotidian lives by new forms of carcerality. Our struggle against police violence, we have learned, cannot be won simply by calling for the prosecution of individual police people, but rather by questioning the questioning of the very possibility that the police can be entrusted with the security of our communities. We call for, we call for the freedom of Mumia Abu-Jamal, of Rena Peltier, as the guarantor of security in our society. So, as we forge solidarities for struggles in Palestine, in Brazil, in Syria, in Turkey, we also reflect on solidifying connections among anti-racist, anti-capitalist movements in the global north. The great challenge of our time is to render understandable the migrations of our era as linked to persisting colonialities and the resultant racisms of our time, and to welcome those who have been compelled by war, by capitalist economic restructuring, by neo-colonial corruption to leave their homes and to cross borders in search, in search of a more habitable <coughs> space. Another, another great challenge of this era is to recognize that the problems of our time exceed the capacity of the nation state to solve them. No longer think in the narrow and discriminatory terms of documented citizenship. A decolonial approach to internationalism calls for a reconception of global connections that precisely decenters the nation and imagines future possibilities of a planet in which the nation state is no longer regarded as the most appropriate form of human community. It is therefore up to us to model new relations and to create new forms of solidarity, even as we struggle to overcome the old relations. Thank you very much.